just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I hope your week is going well. Now, we don't have a lot of time for small talk. We have a lot of things we got to get to today. Now, I told you folks to send me emails and leave me voicemails. And guess what? You goofballs, and I mean that affectionately, (laughs) really took me serious about that shit. I got a bunch of emails to read today and a voicemail. This voicemail comes from a lovely woman in New York. Hi, Mike. My name is New York V. I love your podcast, and I love you on TikTok. So I want to say this very quickly. I heard yesterday you talk about the news and how they don't report on issues that they should report on. They can be quite biased, and that's the left and the right. Well, I want to give you another station another news group called the Young Turks. They're progressive, and they tell it like it is about the right and the left, and they can gut punch you and get the truth, make you think something else. But I believe in them also. They're very good in their reporting, and you should check them out. Again, my name is New York V, and I thank you for giving me a chance to say something. (laughs) Thank you. And it's very early in the morning, so forgive me. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words, New York V. And thank you for the tip. To be perfectly honest, I'm well aware of the Young Turks. I've been watching them for quite a while. In fact, it was them that were kind of inspiration for me to do what I'm doing here with the Rational Boomer podcast. When they first started, there was just a couple of people involved, and, uh, you know, it was a low-budget thing, not unlike what I'm doing here, but they uh, put on a good show. They formed a great network. They've got quite an audience now and a great platform, and and I always felt like, well, if they could do that, maybe I could do something like that. And I don't know that I'll ever attain the level that they have, but I appreciate what they've done. I have a lot of respect for them. And what they talk about is stuff that I agree with largely. They're progressive, so they're more left than I may be. But at the same time, they're in it for the same reason I am. It's time the people of this country start to benefit from our government as opposed to just the rich. They feel strongly about it. I feel strongly about it. I continue to watch them. And I thank you for that tip, New York V, because if anybody in the Rational Boomer uh, podcast uh, audience hasn't seen them or don't listen to them, you should probably check it out. I think that you will like it. So again, New York V, thank you very much. Kind words and the tip, it's much appreciated. And don't be a stranger. Well, now I have a bunch of emails to read. And I was accused by somebody in my family. They said, you only read the emails because they're so nice to you. And they say nice things about you and your podcast. Yeah, so? <laughs> Somebody needs an ego boost now and again, but it's also because most of the time, the information and the questions that are asked by these people who are giving the kind words to me in the podcast are very compelling. They're very intelligent. And to be perfectly honest with you, with the emails, I get to read emails, answer questions and such. That makes my job a lot easier doing this podcast. I don't have to prepare as much. I just have to look at the questions that these folks are asking and expound on them. So I'm much appreciative of the emails, and we've got a few to get through. First one comes from Kevin. (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Kevin wrote this. Hello, Mike. Let me start off by saying I love your podcast. See what I mean? I'm not big on listening to podcasts or any one opinion, but I find comfort in knowing that there are sensible people out there. Let me get to my question or concern. I was seeing reports on how Ukraine was treating the black folks during the onset of the war. From what I gather, they were not allowed to leave with others when they were trying to flee. This left me with an uneasy feeling. 
I'm not sure what to make of it. I don't know anything about the Ukraine or its people, so I'm trying to withhold judgment for now. Can you expound on this? I sure can, Kevin. I saw that same thing. I heard the reports that, uh, you know, as people were trying to escape Ukraine, for whatever reason, there were people at the borders that were holding up or holding back people of color. And that kind of annoyed me, and immediately it made me mad with Ukraine. But then I started thinking about it. Well, we have a lot of racists in this fucking country, too. That doesn't mean all of us are racist. This may be something that's uh, only certain areas or only certain kinds of people, much like we have in the United States. So we can't be mad at Ukraine because there are some bad people. It makes you less sympathetic when you hear something like that, but then you're coloring the whole country as racist, and that's just not the case, any more than you would suggest all of the United States is racist. Not all of the United States is racist, and neither is Ukraine. It is troubling to see this, that when you're in crisis and you're in emergency situations, there's some people that will still hold color as a deciding point of whether somebody gets help or not. That's fucking appalling. And whether they be Ukrainian, Russian, American, I don't give a shit. If they do that sort of thing, they are horrible fucking pieces of shit. But I can't suggest that we got to blame Ukraine for everything and everybody in it. This shit happens, unfortunately, all over the world, some places worse than others. But we can't paint the whole country as racist just because of those incidents. I think these are horrific times in Ukraine, and the idea that they would uh, make it difficult for people to try to save their lives and save their families is appalling. It's fucking appalling. And it's really easy to say, well, then maybe Ukraine doesn't deserve the help. Well, that's, that's not true any more than it would with this country or any other country that has a certain amount of racist or misogynistic or anti-Semitic people. So, yes, Kevin, I was appalled by it, and I immediately felt the way you did. But then after thinking about it, I thought better, because we've got these fuckheads all over the world, and uh, we can't be responsible for all of them. We can do what we can to try to stop them, but they still exist. And I'm not going to take the blame for the racist in this country. I'm trying to go the other way. I'm trying to fight against it. And I'm guessing there are people in Ukraine doing the same thing. So thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. This one comes from Bruce. Hey, Mike, take a look at the list of companies pulling out of Russia. This is going to hurt Russians big time. This will make them a third world country and probably lead to regime change. I think that's coming anyway. Can you imagine life in this country without these services? Well, it just so happens I have a list. It's a three-page list, and there are some big names on it. Let's go through a few. Adidas, Airbnb, Amazon, Aston Martin, AT&T, Bank of China, BMW, Chanel, Coca-Cola, Comcast, Daimler Truck, DuckDuckGo, Expedia, ExxonMobil, FedEx, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, Harley-Davidson, Honda Motor Company, Intel Corporation, Lego, Levi Strauss, MasterCard, Mazda, McDonald's, Mercedes-Benz, Netflix, Nike, Nintendo, Nissan Motors, Oracle, Pepsi, PayPal, Puma, Reddit, Roku, Samsung, Siemens, Sony, Spotify, Starbucks, Suzuki, Toyota, Twitter, Uber, United Partial, Visa, Volkswagen, Volvo, and Walt Disney. Yeah, that's uh, that's just a few of them on that lengthy list, and that is substantial. Now, I don't know what constitutes a third world country, but if losing major businesses is part of that, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. We might be looking at a huge change in what's going on in Russia. And to be perfectly honest with you, I think what we need to do at this point, we have all these sanctions, we have all these companies pulling out, we have all this going against Russia. And no matter what happens, we need to crush Russia. And it's unfortunate for the people in that country. 
but we've got to put it to the point or bring it down to the point where they insist on a regime change. Get rid of Vladimir Putin. And we need to keep pounding on this regardless until he's gone. That is going to be essential. Once you have somebody down, you make sure they stay down so that you know you're safe. And as long as Vladimir Putin is in power in Russia, nobody is fucking safe. So, Bruce, thank you very much for your insights. This one comes from Jennifer. Okay, Boomer, what about Bunker Boy and Puntin? Or Putin and Bunker Boy? She's talking about the hashtags we asked about earlier. And then we had one that she offered up, Small Dick PNT. You don't have to read this one on the air if it's too risque. Yeah. <laughs> have I run against anything that's too risque on this thing? She says, thanks for bringing it straight and not taking the crap off the trolls. Jennifer, a.k.a. Pediatric Nen, N-E-N-P, on TikTok. You might want to check her out there. Well, thank you very much, Jennifer. I appreciate those suggestions. They're all good suggestions. I don't know if we've hit on the one, but we've got a lot of great suggestions, and I appreciate how creative you guys are about this stuff. All right, the next email we have, and this comes from, who does it come from? Kevin from Connecticut. You know, I heard something today that had me thinking. I realize it's just talk and speculation, but do you think other oligarchs set up Putin to fail? With the Russian army showing its ineptness and failure to do anything of note militarily, no gas, bad food, soldiers not trained well, and I could go on and on. I guess my question is, do you think that's possible? Either a high-ranking official or one of those oligarchs or even a few oligarchs set Putin up to lose so they could get rid of him. Would be nice. What do you think? Honestly, I don't think that's true. And here's why. Because basically Vladimir Putin is a mob boss. There ain't nobody above him. Nobody controls him. Everybody fears him. So maybe there are some things that have been done to set him up. But I think this all comes down to two things. Blind ignorance and his fucking ego. He really made a huge miscalculation. He thought he could go be tough guy at the border and people would fold. He thought he could go into Ukraine and fight and they would fold. He thought he could threaten with uh, nuclear weapons and people would fold. This is what bullies do. All they know is to threaten and bully and push. But when the push doesn't get received like they expect it, then they have a problem. What they ultimately do is they keep doing it because that's the only answer they have. They can't and won't back up, so they just keep making stronger and stronger threats. Now, you have to understand about a mob boss, he isn't really too much in tune with what's going on in the lower ranks. He's taking all the money for himself. He's doing what Donald Trump did, really. He's focusing on getting everything for himself, and he's neglecting everything else he should be paying attention to as a leader. He figures as long as he has the power and he has the money, nothing else matters. But when it comes down to nut-cutting time and you need to fight a war, you better have a military that's prepared. It's real easy to say they're the most powerful and they're most ominous and I'm a bully and I'm going to push you to the end and God help you if you go up against our military. But apparently Ukraine and President Zelensky knew something we didn't know. He knew there was a certain amount of bullshit there. Yeah, Russia's big and yeah, they have nuclear weapons, but their military is nowhere where we thought they'd be or how strong they might be. They just aren't. And I don't honestly think Vladimir Putin knew that. I think he's totally surprised by how badly this is going. He counted on his advisors, his military people, to say, well, how long do you think it'll take us? And, of course, the military advisors say, oh, it'd take two, three days. It shouldn't take long. 
And that's all Vladimir Putin knew. He didn't know enough about the condition of his military to make a judgment. He was trusting all the people around him. Now, all the people around him, if they told him the truth, they'd probably end up dead. Imagine this. Vladimir Putin goes to a general. Well, is our military stronger than anybody else in the world? Yes, sir, it is. Is it ready to fight and destroy anybody who gets in its way? Absolutely. These men and women are trained to the T. Now, if he'd said something other than that, this guy would either be gone or dead. So he has no choice but to say that. Even if what he's saying is untrue, he has to say that to Vladimir Putin. He's working out of fear, much like the people around Donald Trump did. They were willing to lie to him and lie for him in order to keep the calm. I can kind of relate to this. As I've said before, my father was a narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liar. And he had a tendency to lose his mind when he got mad. He had a horrible temper. And as a little kid, you would see this and it would scare the shit out of you. So you would do absolutely anything to avoid him losing his shit. No matter what it was, you would do it even if it wasn't true. And oddly enough, on an adult level with Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin, that's the same kind of situation. They'll lie to him. They will lie for him. They will do whatever they have to do just so they don't lose their shit. Now, with Donald Trump's situation, it was just a matter of him yelling, screaming, ranting, raving, and that sort of thing. But when you're talking about Vladimir Putin, he's going to yell and scream and rant and rave, and he almost, he might He might actually kill you for speaking badly. So we've got a lot of people around Vladimir Putin who's essentially a mob boss. He has no uh, checks and balances. He has nobody to answer to. What he says goes, whether it's right or wrong, and nobody is going to contradict him. That's just a death sentence in Russia. So these people told him that everything was cool and that the... uh, situation with the military was strong and we can take anybody. But because Vladimir Putin is negligent and he didn't do his due diligence with his military or any other department in his administration, he was only worried about himself, these things uh, dissipated. They became weaker because he wasn't tending to them. And the people around him that were closer to the military and other areas, were too afraid that oh, this is pretty fucked up. We need to do something, Vlad. They aren't going to do that because they fear the wrath of Vladimir Putin. And the wrath of Vladimir Putin is even more than, uh, than yelling and screaming. Their lives might be in danger. So I think that's kind of the way it went. <clears throat> I don't think anybody tried to set them up. I think now... I think now that they see how badly things are going in Russia and how badly the war is and how crazy Vladimir Putin is, I think now there's going to be people trying to undermine him. I think there's going to be people trying to get him ousted. I think there might be um, an uprising, and I think there might be a change in regime, mainly because the entire country is suffering from the top down. And they're going to want to alleviate that pain. I mean, think about that. When you have a pain on your body, what is the first thing you want to do? That is anything to stop the pain. And that's what people in Russia are going to want to do, from the citizens to the military to the government to the oligarchs. They are suffering a lot of pain, and they're going to want to alleviate that pain as quickly as possible. And the only way they can alleviate that pain and get some normalcy back in their lives is for Putin to be gone. So I think some of that undermining may be going on now. Now, Kevin from Connecticut also gave me some hashtag suggestions. Hashtag, uh, hash, <laughs> why can't I fucking talk? That's the only thing I can do in life is talk, and then I have these days where I can't enunciate or spit shit out. I'll try this again. Hashtag Reputlicans. Hashtag Republicans equal Putin. Or how about Redpublicans? I kind of like that one. Last one was mine. What do you think? 
I think it's pretty good, Kevin. Who were the other ones? I, maybe somebody else mentioned those in previous emails. We've got a lot of suggestions, a lot of good suggestions. I think your last one, Red Publicans, isn't bad at all, Kevin. Thank you very much. All right, the last email I have here uh, comes from Moon, I think her name is. She says, Hiya, Boomer. Whoopie fangirl here. <laughs> Your West Coast boomer. By the way, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. Thank you for letting us know. Since you mostly focus on Midwest values and issues besides the global news, I thought I'd give you a story happening on our border about 10 miles south of my house. Customs and Border Patrol are turning away Ukrainian refugees and leaving them stranded in Mexico. Here's the Twitter feed for the immigration lawyer who is covering it. I checked it out, and I see what she's saying. She says, love your show. I like that it's fresh when it's like 1 a.m. here, and I can't sleep. (laughs) Well, thank you, Moon. I appreciate that. I had no idea that there were Ukrainian refugees already getting to the border and coming through Mexico, no less. If that's true, that's a problem. I think Biden has already set up some rules where we are going to let Ukrainians in as refugees and give them some uh, shelter and comfort coming from a war-torn fucking country. If that is happening down on the border, that's something that needs to be addressed. You know, it's funny. The Republicans will always look to Biden as being a failure on the border because they're letting everybody over the border, not like Donald Trump when he was running the country. But the funny thing is, there is a fact, and I know how Republicans hate fucking facts. But here's a fact you need to know. Last year, we had 1.9 million people coming across the border some of them looking for uh, refugee status, some of them looking for uh, protection from some bad people in their country. And out of those 1.9 million people that were coming across the border last year, Joe Biden's administration allowed 35% of them to stay in the country to wait for their hearings to see if they would get... uh, Uh, get a chance to stay in the country. 35%. That's a lot of people when it comes to 1.9 million people coming to the border. Certainly not everybody. It's uh, about a sixth of the people coming across the border got to stay. But here's what I find so interesting about this situation. The Republicans keep saying, Joe Biden's letting everybody through, letting everybody through. But in fact, He's bringing in about 35% of the people that come to the border. But here's what's weird. If you look back to the last year of Donald Trump, when he was in office, there was a similar amount of people coming to the border trying to cross into America. Do you know how many people the Trump administration allowed to stay in this country? 56%. 21% more than what Joe Biden is letting in and stay in this country. So what they're suggesting that Joe Biden's letting everybody in is a complete fallacy. It's bullshit. It's not true. Fact of the matter is Donald Trump let in more more, uh, aliens than, than Joe Biden ever did. But they still want to throw this out there. You see, what they do is they keep repeating the same old lies, hoping people would grasp it and believe it. Well, anybody with common sense or understanding of the facts and figures know it's bullshit. But all the stupid trump buy this stuff and believe it. And you can't believe how many people will come to me and state all these facts and figures that are absolutely wrong. Especially on TikTok. Now, I would love to sit and debate with these fucks because I can prove them wrong at every turn. But... What we know about these idiots is that it won't matter. They won't listen to shit. They won't believe shit. And then they'll argue, go back and forth, and then they may report your video or whatever the fuck they do. So every time I see these guys on my TikToks, I want to argue with them. I want to put them in their place. 
But then I slow down, I think about it, and I say, not going to do any good anyway. And it's going to risk my standing on TikTok. So I just immediately block them. I've literally blocked hundreds and hundreds of Trumplicans just because I don't want to deal with them and I don't want to take the risk of them trying to take me down. I guess on TikTok recently, there's a lot of people getting banned and videos taken down. I've had some people come to me and say, could you help out this creator or help out that creator with an email because they got permanently banned. I'll tell you where the problem is. They aren't very cautious about who is their followers. You've got people out there with eight, nine hundred, a million, thousand million followers, and a lot of those are trolls. So you've got followers, you've got a lot of followers, certainly, but the quality of your followers is tainted by these fucking trolls. They boost up your numbers, but they put your, your, your account at risk. So I've always blocked these guys. As soon as I see them, as soon as they make even the slightest comment that may look like a Trumplicant, I will go to their profile. I'll see they have one or two or five or ten followers and they have absolutely no content or they have a private account. Those people get blocked immediately. They are not worth the risk. And all these people that are having troubles with being Uh, reported and being taken down is because they didn't take the time to do their due diligence to get rid of them. Now, people will say to me, well, why would you do that? You're just speaking to the choir. These are the people that need to learn. Well, the fact of the matter is, like I said, they will never fucking learn. So why waste your time? And if they take down your account, what good is that? You've lost everything, all the work you've put in and the time you've put in. So why risk that? And yes, to the large extent, I am speaking to the choir, but I'm not here trying to, well, I guess I am trying to teach you some things or give you information that you don't normally get from the media and such. I'm also trying to give you ammunition because we all run into Trumplifucks and they all want to argue. And if you should run into some of these Trumplifucks, I want you to have enough ammunition to fight back or argue back. Now, granted, it's not going to be worth much because no matter what you say, it's it's not going to change their minds, but at least you have something to work with. But more importantly than that, I want to take people of a like mind, like all of us, make sure they're fully informed so that we as a group can be more powerful, have a louder voice. I'm not interested in fighting with Trumplicans on TikTok or even in this podcast. I'm interested in getting a platform. We have a bunch of people who think alike. They can have some input. I can have some input. And hopefully we are all better educated for it. And we are stronger and have a bigger voice when it comes down to it. That's the whole point of what I'm doing. I'm not here to fight with Trumplifucks. I wanted to at first, but that ended up being a pointless effort. And I don't fucking do it. Anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll get down to some of the news that's happening around the world. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So yesterday, Russia bombed a children's hospital and uh, a maternity ward. They bombed a bunch of innocent people and innocent kids. I mean, what could be more barbaric, brutal? And more of a war crime than this, bombing a children's hospital. Now, they run around telling everybody, we're not bombing civilians. Fuck you. You're not only bombing civilians, you're bombing children. These are war crimes. These are things that are going to have to be addressed when this is all said and done. This is appalling, and there's no fucking excuse for it. These people are fucking animals. There's no question about it. In addition... Russia is also committing atrocities all over Ukraine. Now, they try to explain these away, but there is no explanation. These people are purposely trying 
to hit civilian targets. They've decided, or at least Vladimir Putin has decided, that they can't win this war with Ukraine because Ukraine is tougher than they thought. He underestimated them, and he overestimated the power of his own military. Turns out his military is a little inept and incompetent. And they aren't doing the job there. They're taking heavy losses, and it's an embarrassment and something that makes Vladimir Putin angry. He's losing his shit right now. Now, the biggest concern for me, for us in America, is that we have people in our own country that support Vladimir Putin. They support the invasion. They support the destruction and death in Ukraine. Now, we call these people Republicans. Now, make no mistake, these Republicans are not far behind the Russians. They're not quite as bad as the Russians, but they're headed that way. They are marginalizing LGBTQ people. They support white supremacy. They are taking away constitutional rights from our women, burning books, suppressing votes, perpetuating hate and violence. That's what the Republicans are doing, and they can't deny it. Now, if we allow the Republicans to continue on this track, there's an excellent possibility they will evolve into what the Russians are now, and then that kind of violence will be seen in this country and countries near us. So this is a, this is an, a dire situation. These are people acting badly. They're acting criminally, corrupt, and they're trying to overthrow our government. If we just sit back and let that happen, we are all in trouble. We need to take away any power from these people if we have any hope of peace, decency, and unity. We can't allow this to continue. And it starts with the midterms in November. We can't vote in Republicans. We just can't do it. Now, I did a TikTok about this, all right? And I'm getting, and I knew I was getting this. To be perfectly honest, I did this TikTok for a very specific reason, and it goes back to our hashtags. We need to stick this Russian Vladimir Putin connection with the Republicans. We need to stick it to the Republicans and make it stay, because that is going to be an argument point when we come to the midterms. And so when I did the TikTok, I knew that I would get some Republicans coming back to me and being butthurt and saying, well, I'm a Republican. I'm not like that. And I immediately blocked them because I knew they were going to be hurt about this. And I knew that they were probably going to try to take me down because they would not like my answer to them. They want to feel like they're better than these Trump lefucks. But the fact of the matter is, if you look at the numbers, what is it, 75, 80% still support Donald Trump, still support everything the Republicans are doing, and save for uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, all these people are supporting insurrection, they're, they're supporting violence and civil war and misogyny and racism and uh, anti-Semitism. So while there might be some people in the Republican Party that say they are not like that, the fact that you support the Republican Party makes you culpable. If you don't like what's going on in the Republican Party, then get the fuck out of the Republican Party. I mean, if you join any club and you don't enjoy the policies or the procedures in that club, what do you do? You fucking find a new club. Now, it might be distasteful to you to go to the Democrats. Okay, well, then be a fucking independent. But don't call yourself a Republican and say, you're not for all that bad shit. I'm a good guy. No, you're not. You're adding strength to the Republican Party, and you're perpetuating the crimes, the corruption, the racism, the misogyny, and the anti-Semitism that the Republican Party is pushing today. You heard the list I just gave you of the things they are doing. Those are the things you are supporting. Now, if you see yourself as a better person than that, well, then get the fuck out of the party, because that's what your party is about. 
I don't buy into the fact that you're one of the good guys because the Republican Party as a whole, the people that control the Republican Party are doing the bad things and you're supporting them and you're supporting those things that they are doing. I don't care if you're a nice guy. I mean, don't tell me you're not a racist and then join the KKK. It's essentially the same thing. So I don't feel sorry for people who say they're the good guys and the Republicans. There are no good guys in the Republicans, and they prove it to us every fucking day. They love Vlad Putin and the Russians, and they love the invasion. How much better illustration do I need to give you? If you support Republicans, you support all the things that they believe and that they are pushing. And if that's what you support, then you are that. It's unfortunate, but that's the way it fucking goes. And I get very frustrated uh, when people try to play this game. Oh, those people are bad, but I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, you are, as long as you're pushing this narrative that the Republicans are trying to push. You are just as bad. What's that? uh, There's an old saying, and I've said this before, and I don't know the quote, but they were talking about Nazi Germany. And uh, you had the Nazis and the people committing the crimes. But the people who said nothing were just as culpable as the Nazis in Nazi Germany. And the same can be said here about the Republicans. Let's be perfectly honest. When you start burning books and start talking racism and you start talking anti-Semitism, you're not far off from the Nazis. And I know people hate this comparison to the Holocaust and Nazis and all this sort of thing. And I know that the Republicans aren't quite at the level of the Nazis, but the Nazis had to start someplace. And they had some of the same beliefs that the Republican Party has now. I would hope that the Republican Party doesn't get to the point of the Nazis in Germany. (laughs) But they're sure looking like it, aren't they? There's no excuse for the things they believe and the things they support. I mean, you got Ron DeSantis down in Florida uh, trying to marginalize and uh, make it illegal to be LGBTQ. I mean, what the fuck is that? They're likely going to be sued by the DOJ because of human rights. They are taking away human rights. Or these people that are telling women that you don't have your constitutional right anymore for an abortion. And they're going to take the rights to make a choice of their own body. Whether you like abortion or not, the Constitution allows it. Now, you can fight against it. But if you're going to fight against it, you can't have all these little piddly fucking uh, laws that make no sense that aren't even legal like in Texas and some of these other areas just to try to... um, Uh, subvert the actual law. And then you have a Supreme Court that allows you to fucking do it. These are all horrible things to be doing. You talk about how much you love the Constitution, but you do everything you can to subvert the Constitution. You're bad people. You're not real Americans. You don't believe in the Constitution. You don't support our democracy. And I don't like you for it. I don't give a fuck how nice you tell me you are. You're not nice. You're part of a bad group. And as long as you're part of a bad group, you're a fucking bad person in my book. I don't know. I get appalled every time I talk to a Trumplican because they try to make themselves out better than they are. And they aren't even fucking close. Well, I got some good news and I got some bad news. (laughs) So Donald Trump was flying in a plane, a plane known as Trump Force One. You remember the one that was sitting on a tarmac for months and months because he couldn't afford to fix it? Well, apparently he did fix it, kind of. While in flight, 75 miles away from his home in Florida, in Louisiana, one of the engines failed, and they had to make an emergency landing in Louisiana. Now, the bad news is that they landed safely, and everybody, including Donald Trump, was fine. Well, now, Trump's PAC, here's the crazy fucking thing about it, though. Trump's PAC, his political action committee, his little fucking slush fund, 
You know, the funny thing about it, he has a pack, which is supposed to collect donations for campaigns and that sort of thing. And the money is flowing in there as Donald Trump grifts more and more people. But he hasn't said he's running for president officially. So that means any money that comes into that pack, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to. He's under no obligation to say what he's using it for. He's just a guy collecting money from people dumb enough to send it to him. Not until he commits and says he's running for president does he have to account for that money. Well, now we know this plane was sitting on a runway or a tarmac someplace for months because it needed to be repaired. It never got repaired, presumably because Donald Trump can't afford it. So they take it up, and one of the engine goes out. And again, they got a problem. Now they got to fix the fucking thing again, but they don't have money to do it. So what do they do? This PAC starts a uh, campaign to get donations to buy Donald Trump a brand new Trump Force One. Yeah, they're grifting their people to get enough money to buy another jet for Donald Trump. He apparently doesn't have the funds to fix this one. And he doesn't have the funds to buy a, a jet on his own. Which seems kind of weird because a guy who has billions of dollars, this shouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> Maybe, sh- I wonder if he could go on those advertisements on TV, you know, where they sell the warranties for the cars. Maybe he could spend a little bit more money and get a warranty for his plane so it can get towed and so it can get repaired and so they can get a rental plane (laughs) to use while it's being fixed. Donald probably can't afford the warranty either. So now instead of going into his pocket, which is likely to be empty, he is now grifting the public to send money to his public our, our public action committee or political action committee and trying to get enough money to buy a brand new jet. Well, that's a lot of fucking money. And I got to think all these Trumplefucks got to be running out of money. They got to be at a point where they're getting tired of sending money and getting nothing in return. But that's Donald Trump's specialty. He gets people to invest in him and then he gives them nothing in return. And sometimes he just flat out loses their money. Now, these people aren't going to get anything back. They aren't going to help get him elected in 2024 because he's not even going to fucking run. They're just going to help pay for a brand new plane for Donald Trump. I'm going to be watching this one closely because uh, I want to see if he gets enough money to actually buy a plane. I mean, I think about all these toothless, dumb fuck Trumplefucks. They can't have that much money. They can't keep sending money. I know there's rich people that send him money. Uh, because they think he'll work in their best best uh, interest. But why haven't these people learned anything by now? Donald Trump doesn't help anybody. I mean, the uh, the the head of the uh, was it the the Oath Keepers. Remember him, Elmer Stewart Rhodes. He's the guy that's in prison for conspiracy of sedition or seditious conspiracy. And he's been trying to whine and cry and get out and get released for while he waited for trial. He failed at that twice. And now you know what he's crying about? (laughs) He's crying that after the arrests, that Donald Trump just ghosted him. Apparently, he was talking to Donald Trump all the time. But now, after he was arrested, Donald Trump ghosted him. Oh, my God. I'm weeping for you. This surprises you. Donald Trump will use you up as long as you're of value to him. Once you are of no value or a detriment to him, you're gone. He'll act like he didn't even know you. We've seen it a million times. Oh, I barely know that guy. Yeah, but he's your kid. (laughs) I barely know him. (laughs) So we'll see if he gets a brand new plane from these Trumplefucks. I would not be surprised if he did. But if they think they're getting anything in return or they're helping Donald Trump get elected in 2024, they are sadly fucking mistaken. That is not going to happen. All right. There is some talk and some concern that Russia may now use chemical warfare in Ukraine, which is highly illegal and appalling 
And if they do that, something really needs to be done. We cannot allow this. They made up a story that apparently the U.S. was manufacturing chemical weapons in Ukraine prior to this war. Now, this sounds like a cover story for using chemical weapons themselves and then suggesting that Ukraine was using them because America put them there. Now, who actually is going to believe that? Nobody in the world is going to believe it. He's still trying to gaslight his citizens to make him look like a hero. But they're quickly finding out the bullshit. They're seeing the videos of the atrocities and the bombing of kindergartens and uh, children's hospital. Things are starting to shake up back in Russia, and it's bothering him. But you remember what I said. He is going to escalate his threats every time. I'm going to use nuclear weapons. Now he's trying to get people to believe that he's going to use chemical weapons. And to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. It'd be a way to wipe out a bunch of people in short order. And then he'd be able to walk in and take over. As I said, he's getting frustrated. He's got his powerful military there, and they aren't doing shit. They're getting their ass kicked. <laughs> so if he needs to ramp it up and he's not willing to back off, the chemical weapons are a distinct possibility. Now let's hope that doesn't happen, because that would be horrific. That would cause some immense problems. And it would put the NATO people on edge, because those chemical weapons can leak over into other countries, and it's just as illegal as anything can be. Internationally, um, if he ends up getting tried for war crimes and chemical weapons were involved, this fucker will hang. I don't know if they still hang people internationally, but if they do, this fucking guy, Vladimir Putin, would hang. So this is how vile these people are. Every day it seems to get worse, and it feels like the Nazis in World War II. Again, I make the comparison to the Nazis, not because it's a real comparison, but the Nazis were kind of like the frog in the boiling pan of water. They're sitting there, and they're sitting there, and they're sitting there, and they don't jump out until they get burned. That's what happened in Germany, and that can certainly happen in Russia, Ukraine, and even the United States. Now, here's an interesting story. Stephen Miller, the creepy Nazi-esque Trump advisor, is suing to block January 6th committee subpoena to get his phone records. Now, you remember Stephen Miller. He's this guy that looks like a cartoon villain. He's got the bald head. He's got the weird eyes. He's got the strange smirk. He's got the... Uh, uh, the racist words and the racist advice to Donald Trump. I mean, he's a flat-out fucking creep. He's a worthless piece of shit. But he doesn't want the January 6th committee to get his phone records. Well, they never do, and he's going to sue, and he's going to lose just like every fucking buddy else lost. But guess what his defense is? <laughs> now, this is funny. This is pretty fucking funny. His defense is that, look, I'm on my mom and dad's T-Mobile phone plan. <laughs> and if you take and look at that uh, account, you're going to get my information, but you're going to get a lot of people that aren't involved information too. Mom, dad, sister, brother, whoever the fuck it is. But that's his defense. This, what, 35, 40-year-old guy? was an advisor to the president, is still on his mom and dad's phone plan. Now, I thought that was fucking hilarious. I mean, I was laughing about it. I thought it was crazy. That is until I remembered, uh, yeah, my sons are still on my plan too. <laughs> what is it with these fucking millennials? Get a phone plan, for Christ's sake. Now, actually, I understand it because it's easier. Once they've been on your plan when they're teenagers, it's just easier to keep going. It's not a big deal. But this fucking Stephen Miller, he is an abject piece of shit. And if anybody goes to jail, I would love to see this clown go to jail. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is more local, but ultimately it would be nationwide. In Minneapolis, 
the teachers of Minneapolis public schools are on strike. Now, it's been a long time since they've had a strike. I mean, the last one, there might have been one in between. But I remember when I was in fourth grade, about 10 years old, 1970, there was a strike. Now, we're little kids. We don't understand what this is all a fucking about. Teachers aren't in. They're walking around with signs. We're there trying to go to class. I don't know if they had scabs in there or what. But it was a weird situation. And as 10-year-olds, we did not know what was going on. But what you need to understand is that public education in this country is slowly becoming a crisis. Our children in this country will be the worse for it if public education continues to go the way it's going. Now, if you look at your state taxes and a pie chart of how it breaks down, at least here in Minnesota, about 50% of what you pay in state taxes goes to education. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, well, you know, it's worth it to pay for education. That's a valuable thing. And you'd be right about that. Unfortunately, in spite of the fact that they get half the taxes coming from uh, the state coffers that we pay, they're constantly pleading poverty, constantly asking for more money. They're always doing something and crying about more money. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm an advocate of public education. My wife was a teacher for 30 years. I kind of know what's going on in school district. I even worked for a school district for a long time. So I have some insight about this. But here's the problem. In spite of the fact that all the money that goes into the coffers and goes to the public schools, somehow it doesn't trickle down to the teachers. It doesn't trickle down to the kids. So Where does it fucking go? I'll tell you where it goes. It goes into the administration. It gets clogged up there. They take most of the money, and they trickle out little bits and pieces down to the teachers and the kids. And that's not the way it goes. The whole point of a public school is to have smarter, better kids by the time they get out. But that is not what's happening. The money isn't going to where it should go. Now, some people will say, well, teachers make enough money or they don't make enough money or whatever it is. This is what I can tell you based on experience. My wife had a master's degree, so she did all right as a teacher. She made a fair amount of money. But here's something interesting. In the last 15 years she was a teacher, not once did they get a raise. Not fucking once did they get a raise. So that means while she might have crept up a little bit here and there, in the end, at the end of that 15 years, she was making less money because things were more expensive than 15 years previous. Does that fucking make sense? How would you feel about not getting a raise in 15 years? Especially when you've got an important job of teaching our kids. See, school districts have always treated teachers badly. And to be honest with you, the things I'm hearing about the Minneapolis Public Schools, their superintendent, Ed Graff, uh, and how they're dealing with teachers in this particular um, strike, he's kind of being an asshole. He's being a hard ass. Uh, and that's that's troubling, given how the teachers and the kids have been neglected for so many years. He wants to maintain that money in the administration. He's making six figures, probably deep into the six figures. The administrators are making all kinds of money. But you've got teachers that aren't getting raises and having a tougher time, having to work second jobs, and that's fucking ridiculous. What is the goal of public education? It's to teach our kids, make them smarter and better so they can move on, go to college, and be productive people in this country. But that is not happening. Let me explain something to you. The Minneapolis Public Schools in 1990 had 60,000 students in their schools. In 2022, There are 29,000 kids in those schools. Does that mean there are less schools? No, that doesn't mean, I'm sorry, does that mean there are less kids? No, that doesn't mean there are less kids. What it means is people are looking at alternatives. They're looking at private schools, charter schools, whatever. They aren't liking what they're seeing in public schools. So when you drop that many students, that costs the district a lot of money. 
they get paid per student that is sitting in the seat every day. And if they aren't sitting in the seat, they don't get their money from the state or the feds or wherever they're getting their money from. So the school district is taking a hit on money. And by doing that and by scooping up all the money in the administration, the teachers pay the price and ultimately the kids pay the fucking price. So there has to be some resolution to this. See, the more they cut off the teachers and the kids, the education is worse. And as the education gets worse, the kids leave the fucking schools. People want their kids to have good education. But if it's not funded properly, the teachers aren't in the right mindset or feel neglected or feel cheated because of what they're doing. The kids get worse education. It's a vicious circle. It's a self-filling prophecy. These administrations are making our schools worse. And then you throw in the fact that there are less people that want to be teachers. And that makes sense because that isn't a great job anymore. It costs a lot of money uh, that you could be making elsewhere to be a teacher. And I'll tell you this, when my wife 30 years ago was going to be a teacher, that was her dream job. She was going to get the job and be there for 30 years and do the best she could for the kids. And that's exactly what she did. But if you look at young people coming into teaching jobs now, that's not the mindset at all. The mindset is, well, this is a good stepping stone to get me someplace else. Maybe I want to be a trainer in a big corporate setting where I'll make a shitload more money. Or maybe I just want to settle here to figure out what I'm going to do. A lot of teachers that are coming in now aren't looking at the long haul here. They're looking as a stepping stone. And I don't blame them for that. When you look at how teachers have been treated all these years, why would you want to make that your career? Now, there's the problem. There will be a shortage of teachers. These administrations have decided to treat teachers poorly, pay them poorly, because they had a glut of teachers who wanted the jobs. Well, that's not the case anymore. It's harder to find teachers to fill positions like every other uh, situation in this country. And don't even get started about uh, substitutes. There are nowhere near as much many substitutes as you could use. If my wife wanted to substitute and she looked at the list of substitution jobs, there are literally hundreds she could pick from. It didn't used to be like that. When my wife first started out um, teaching and she started out by being a substitute, she would be lucky if she found a position wherever and she could jump on it to make some extra money. It was hard to find a substitution job. Now, fucking anybody can do it. It's gotten so bad that there are people who say, well, if you have a college education, even if you don't have a teaching certificate, you can be a substitute teacher. There are some places that are so bad that say if you got a high school education and a or a high school diploma, you can substitute teach. So you see what's happening here. What's happening here is our public education is going to shit, and it's going to shit because the administration handled this poorly. They treated teachers poorly, and now people are catching on to it and saying, I don't want any part of that. And as fewer teachers are agreeing to teach, as long as they're continuing to be treated badly, your kids are going to have worse education, and then we're going to have generations of kids that don't know shit from shit. This is a big crisis. We should want our kids to be educated as much as possible. That's why this whole college thing and this loan thing we need to fix. We want more college-educated kids in this country so we can progress as opposed to regress. And that's what we're doing now. So I'm going to get off my rant about public education. My kids are grown, but I got grandkids going through school now. And I don't want to see them worse off than we were, you know, 60 years ago. I want them to have every opportunity. I want them to have good education. And I want them to leave school with uh, a good education and some hope and some prospects for the future. Fortunately, my grandkids are pretty smart. So I feel good about it. But we need to fix this education system. This is going to be a crisis. Maybe not this minute. 
But decades from now, when we've got a bunch of uneducated people running this country, we saw what uneducated people did with Donald Trump. We don't want to uh, perpetuate that anymore. All right, we're going to wrap up the uh, Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending time and taking the time to listen. I want to thank you for participating with emails and voicemails. If you want to send an email in or leave a voicemail, send the emails to rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail. Thank you very much. You have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.